Computer, initialize Holosuite. Holosuite Media. Let us see what the future holds. Merry Trekmas, everybody. Merry Trekmas. This is Merry Trekmas. Uh, this is What the Future Holds, your Star Trek Discovery podcast here on Sweet Media. We are recording on Christmas Eve because we are just that diligent, y'all. <laughs> Did you notice how we've been basically on a special day the last three episodes? Like, or I know. last several episodes, we had the Thanksgiving one, my birthday, Christmas Eve, next year. And next week, it'll be yeah. New Year's Eve. Yeah, we are celebrating <laughs> the holidays together. We are. I enjoy it. We are, and I love it. I do, too. I do, too. That's that's the way you celebrate, is to keep those you love nearby yeah. visit with them. So, anyway, voices you're hearing. I am Brandy Jackola. I am... The one host. There are two others, of course. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I am the one host. The one host to rule them all. And in the darkness, bind them. No, wait. Um, That's a different thing. Uh, That other voice you heard, that's my husband, Dave. Dave, say hello. hello. Oh, you're already saying hello. Hello to this non-denominational podcast that just so happens to fall on holidays. (laughs) Right. Right. And uh, tell the people how you are. Uh, I'm cozy. I got a little Christmas-looking blanket wrapped around me right now. Yes, you do. Yeah, it's all red and green. Mm-hmm. It is very like festive. traffic lights. Festive, very festive. Festive. And of course, never would this podcast be complete without our wonderful friend Christopher D. Littlefield. Crest, crest, darling. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm chill. I got some stuff done today. Been packing up the apartment, patching up holes with stuff. Yeah. I'm good. <laughs> with stuff. <laughs> with whole patch. I should be. Yes, whole patch. With whole patch. I should be recording the final episode in my new place for the season finale, which Ooh. will be fun. Ooh, mm-hmm. that's amazing. Yeah. And when you're in that new place, and I can send you presents. Yes. <laughs> what will they be? I don't know. You probably. Yeah. I don't know either. No, I'm just kidding. I totally do know. <laughs> Anyway, uh, thanks everybody for joining us. Um, we, I, I know that we tend to ramble a lot and go off on tangents, but that is just a natural thing that conversations do, and that's what we're doing. We're having a conversation. Do you know? So folks seem to I, like it. They yeah. do. I really enjoyed editing last week's episode and listening to it again. It was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And also, we had a great time. I do want to apologize to everyone for it being a day late, day and a half late. So sorry about Stop that. Stop it! Stop it! <laughs> You're in the midst of packing to move. Yes. It is understandable, and it is fine. Well, it is absolutely fine. Okay. So uh, we had a we had another episode of Discovery. We did somewhere around there. What the hell was this one called? I can't remember. Sukal. <laughs> Sukal. Not the Citadel, which is how it was been announced way before on Wikipedia and such. So, mm. not the Citadel. Not the Citadel. Not the Citadel. Not the Citadel. Not the Perhaps Citadel. that's next week's episode. Not the one. 
Not the not mama. Oh, you're, you're doing Zathras. <laughs> I was doing I was doing the, yeah, the dinosaurs. Baby dinosaurs. <laughs> not that Which is that. coming to Disney yes. Plus, I believe. Oh, wow. Yeah. You have to understand, I did not watch that show, oh. but I watched Babylon 5. Oh, one so. of the greatest season finales ever. Okay. I don't remember it. Well, let's just say what happened to the dinosaurs happens to the dinosaurs. Oh, I, I <laughs> kind of remember. <laughs> kind of remember. I'm, I'll look. I'll watch it again. I enjoyed it when it came out. So it'll be interesting if they have the finale on Disney Plus as well. Mm. I'm sure. Well, why wouldn't they? Mm. Yeah. Well, if Simba's dad can die, then everything goes. They've dealt with topics such as death. No, you're not going to rewrite that song. I almost started singing it too, Dave. (laughs) (laughs) We all were singing it in our head. We can roll a gong across the uh, room and hide from bullets. Yeah, he's talking about Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom for those who don't get that reference. I thought it was the gong show. Like when Dave started singing, someone gets up and hits the gong. They might as well. (laughs) During that whole scene, um, there's this big production number going on on the stage where the uh, female, would you call her a protagonist? I call her an antagonist because she antagonizes. She was the entire time. And she's singing uh, Anything Goes in Chinese. Oh. (laughs) Because she's in China. Oh, nice. I think Cantonese. Was it Cantonese? Was it Mandarin? Oh, I excuse me. So. Why did I say Chinese? That's not a language. It's either Mandarin or Cantonese. I'm so sorry. Yeah. There's a few others in there, too, but those are the two main ones. I am ashamed of myself. I'm ashamed nope. of you, too. I think it's Cantonese, but it could be Mandarin. I'm not ashamed of you. Yeah. Well, thank you. I just, I can't believe that I said that. That was just really dumb, because I know yeah. Other, that yeah. Chinese is not a language. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, the written language is Chinese. It's just how it's pronounced is different depending on where you live yeah that's true and with korea i think korea uses the chinese alphabet if i'm not mistaken okay that works could be wrong okay so sukan right sukan Sukal. was that it sukan how many times have you seen it like three Sukali. times yes Sukali. i am having trouble today folks <laughs> i'm gonna also this does not vote well. just start this conversation with the caveat that i know that y'all got two screeners this week so you've seen episode mm-hmm. 12 and i have not uh-huh. and so i am like i knew this was going to be cliffhangery i knew it i could smell it a mile yep. away so i'm i'm very jealous yeah. i'm very jealous that you're actually going to see the finale like tomorrow or something. Mm-hmm. No, it won't come till next week. Okay. For us, because they won't give it to us more than a week in advance for that you last You could just episode. wait for the rest of us and not watch it until nope. it actually comes out. <laughs> yeah, dream on, sugar. Come on. Come on. Hey, somebody pulled strings so I could get on that list, I and know. I am not wasting it. I know who that somebody is. Not, I'm not throwing away your shot. Is there a... I'm not throwing away my shot. <laughs> I'm just like my country. I'm young, scrappy, and hungry, and I'm not throwing away my shot. I'm going to get a scholarship to King's College. I'm sorry. <laughs> Stop doing that. Talk less, smile wrap... more. Is that the other layer? Yeah, I'm going to just... No, that's a, that's a different uh, song. But no. I guess I could also wait for it. Yeah. Don't wait for it. Just enjoy it. Theodosia writes me a letter every day. I'm keeping her bed warm while her husband is away. <laughs> He's on the British side in Georgia, trying to keep the colonies in line. We can keep all of Georgia. Theodosia, she's mine. Wow, that's impressive. Love doesn't discriminate between the sinners and the saints. It takes and it takes and it takes. We keep loving anyway. We laugh and we cry and we break and we make our mistakes. And if there's a reason I'm by your side when so many have tried, 
that I'm willing to wait for it. You know, when I that's my favorite Hamilton. When I moved back, so great. When I moved back to New York for four and a half years ago, I sent a video audition of some of the music for. I didn't know that they were hiring for a job. I don't know if it was like a rehearsal pianist or an associate conductor position. And I sent a video audition in to the music supervisor, and I had to play a bunch of stuff, and then I also had to rap slash sing along from the piano, which I'm assuming was Mm. for teaching and rehearsal Mm. purposes. It was a lot of fun. I did not get the job. I actually didn't even know that it was for a job and that there was one available, but they were like, well, we hired somebody. And I'm like, oh, I didn't know this was actually an audition. (laughs) But yeah, they were very complimentary. Oh, that's cool. But you know, like big productions like that tend to hire from people that have already been involved in the machine. Well, they did when mm-hmm. we could do shows, so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Sukal. Yeah, Sukal. 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 All right. So we finally go to the nebula. We finally go to the nebula. But before that, it's immediately takes place after the previous episode. I loved that. And Nielsen and Rena are still chatting each other up. <laughs> Dave. Okay. Okay, whatever. They're over in their own little corner, only talking to one another. Do you, so? do you, are you like titillated by this idea? No, I just noticed it. That's all. It just was unusual because of all the characters on the show to be talking to one another. It's like, why those two? Why not? Yeah, why not? Dave's shipping Nilsson and Reno. (laughs) (laughs) Realson? I don't mind. I just don't see it. Nino? Nino, yeah. Nilsson. I don't know. Realson. (laughs) What's Nilsson's first name again? I don't I remember. Forgot. I don't even mm. know if we ever knew. I don't know. I mean, what's what's Reese's first name? What's Bryce's first name? I don't know. <laughs> do we know? Actually, I think Glenn we do, Reese. And I can't remember no. that either. Glenn Reese. I don't, I don't know. I don't think it's Glenn. Anyway, I could look Glenn it up. Gary Glenn Reese. <laughs> <laughs> but finally, finally, we go to the nebula. Finally, yeah. because there's a life sign. And once again, Saru is withholding information. He knew those markings were about a pregnancy, and he didn't tell anybody. Mm-hmm. Well, until that's, now. that's because he didn't think anyone was still alive. Yep, because so, they found a life sign. That's, I mean, the nebula. there was no point in saying anything about that because everybody should have been dead. Well, he could have said so. something when Tilly said. He could have said, oh, no, actually, that's not from the radiation. She's preggers. That, I think that would have just made it sadder somehow. Withholding information. <laughs> he is distracted. He is not functioning as objectively as he could be. And I get that. But that is awfully dangerous for a captain. Mm-hmm. Right. But it's not the first time that we've seen a captain unable to be objective. And I'm sure it won't be the last. So it's not like this is some big new thing. Yeah, it happens all the time. Yeah, and it's fine. I think it's important not to idealize previous Star Trek and try and superimpose that on new Star Trek. Like, Mm -hmm. there's this false memory of what, like, everything was just perfect before, and it's not like that. And I think that... Well, Cisco committed a war crime. Oh, Cisco was all over Uh, the place. Picard Mm -hmm. became a Borg and also had the issues during the Picard series. Yeah, not every uh, captain is perfect. There is something that I really, really want to talk about. Okay. Like right away. Do you remember? Okay, let's talk about it. Okay. Do you remember Brandy when Tilly was first promoted to acting first officer, and mm-hmm. everyone there was all the hate immediately from people, 
and I DM'd mm. you and I said, this is just people projecting their own insecurities and their own feelings of unworthiness <laughs> onto this situation uh-huh. and onto this character. We didn't talk mm-hmm. about it on mm-hmm. this show, but I DM'd you that and I was like, this is what people are doing. They're 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 projecting mm-hmm. their own feelings about themselves onto the situation. I was so excited when Tilly called that shit out with Osira. Yes. She was like, This is what y'all are doing. I was so happy that they addressed that. I'm like, see, see, this is what y'all are doing. Mm-hmm. Y'all don't feel like y'all are good enough or you could do something like that because of your own insecurities, and that's what you're talking about. You're not talking about Tilly. Yeah, I uh, I noticed that correlation as well. It just it made me smile because the whole time I'm just waiting, you know, while Osiris going on her thing, yes. and I'm just waiting for Tilly to make a response, and I'm just like, oh, whatever comes out of her mouth next is going to be amazing. And it wasn't effortless. <laughs> like she was scared, she was struggling with what to say, but she pulled, she came through. You know, it wasn't like it came one hundred percent naturally. She was just like. Okay, get get your shit get your shit together, Tilly. Get it together. Get it together. This is your ship, you know. Mm-hmm. I I really appreciate that, and I got a tear in my eye when she sat down in the chair for the first time. It was a very important moment. I mean, she sat in the chair before during command training, yeah, but not like this. Yeah. Not actually being acting captain, and it was just and everybody smiled, and I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. Maybe I like when she threatened to self-destruct the discovery and mm-hmm. oh, yeah. like half the crew turns like, and looks at it oh, like what? we are <laughs> well she would get everyone else off the ship yeah mm-hmm. i mean it's not like she would kill all of them oh she'd put everybody in escape pods and then detonate the ship yeah oh and the grounding Except thing she wouldn't be able to. with the little yeah. thing on the captain's chair mm-hmm. oh yeah the little yeah burr. The burr. i loved they them incorporating that because that's a very common technique like sometimes mm-hmm. i tell yeah like sometimes i tell actors when when you get nervous in auditions or something like that or even i do it when i'm you know mm-hmm. in a situation that's a little nervous i have like my favorite ring on or something and i'll hold it's an onk it's an onk pinky ring and i'll hold it and i'll touch it while i'm you know and it will calm me down it will ground me you know mm-hmm. it's a it's a literal touchstone yeah i loved it uh one of the biggest comedy festivals in the world is san francisco sketch fest and one of the like founders and runners of it's Janet Varney. She's in improv. Is she related actor. to Jim Actually, Varney? She's a screen actor too. No, I don't okay. know. No, I don't think she's never said so. But um, <laughs> yeah, she was on Stand versus Evil. Um, she was the, the voice sheriff. of Cora in Legend of Cora. Mm, for yeah. those who watched Legend of Cora. And she would have these periods of disassociation where she'd have these out-of-body experiences. And in therapy, it's like, okay, you need to stop and touch things, look around the room, and name the color of objects. You know, little things to put you in your body, in the place, in the current moment. So it's a good thing. Like, if you're in a position of leadership and you're just feeling flummoxed or overwhelmed, you know, just to stop and touch something and... That'll just kind of ground you. And I hear, like, with actors, too, that's that's a good thing, especially for method actors, is to touch things on set. And I imagine people who, like, control the props really hate it because you don't want to move anything for continuity purposes. <laughs> but, you know, certain actors will touch things on set to kind of put themselves in the skin. Yes. And I like that Giorgio I... dented it, turned it into a dent. <laughs> yeah, she rubbed it so much. <laughs> That it was it wasn't a bump anymore. It was now indented. Yeah. So mm-hmm. she touched that a lot. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, Tilly in the captain chair. She, her, her and Osira, I like their dynamic. Mm-hmm. I like Osira more now. Yeah, but I'm I'm tired of her. Yeah, I'm tired of her complete confidence. I'm tired of her having so much control over people that honestly should be smart enough to not follow her. I'm just I just don't like her as a villain. I don't find her threatening. You know, the whole thing when she said, you'll feel the full weight of the chain. I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever. So it's just not working for me Yeah, as yeah. as the big bad. Uh, I liked Michael's pep talk. And yes. I especially like Tilly makes this little sound when she gets up to go to the bridge. Mm-hmm. And it's the sound like she's choking back tears. Mm-hmm. Mm. And it's just this weird, cute little sound. And then she's off and away mm-hmm. to the captain's chair. It was like, small breakdown. Okay, I'm fine. And off she goes. It's like, <clears throat> and then she was away. I really liked that scene, and I liked the hug because it it feels like it's been a long time since Tilly and Michael have had a heart to heart like that. Yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed seeing the besties hug it out. And she references her grandmother. She does, yeah. which I has been mentioned in the book. Guys, if you like Tilly and you haven't read The Weight of the Stars, oh my God, what's wrong with you? It's a great book. It's by Una McCormick. You've got to read it. I need to read it. It's so good. And it just, it does, I mean, despite the fact that it's not canon, it still influences in a positive way how you see the character. Mm. There have been a couple of times that they've made references to that book. There was one in seasons two. Season seasons? <laughs> seasons. There was one in season two when she starts to talk about there was this one time where she was at school and she hacked into this and then they cut her off. And I'm like, oh, I know what she was talking about because it's a scene in the book. Read it. It's really good. I read it in a day, literally in a day. I could not put it down. I cried a lot as well. How'd you like the way she said black alert? I loved it. And everybody smiled. Kind of casual. Um, black alert. <laughs> I, I, I love the first time when finally Osira contacts them and she's on screen and Osira is saying all this stuff. You know, oh, you're in charge. Yeah. What do you know, lady? I mean, really? Yeah. It's just like, that's the first thing you're going to do. Because all she does, she's all talk. She's all talk. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, yeah, words are cheap. And that's pretty much how Tilly is like. It's like, I'm kind of busy, so cut to the chase. I like when Tilly was just like, no. <laughs> she just mm-hmm. straight up said him. No. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, that's not going to happen. You are not going to take the ship. Not now, not ever. Yeah. Though Osira is clever enough to realize that they could jump and don't. So why? Why don't they jump? let's go ahead and transition into this is why osira wasn't interested in the freaking dilithium planet in the nebula were her scanners not good enough to detect that was there too much interference from the nebula because it seems to me like if she had known that that was a planet full of dilithium she wouldn't have given two hoots and a holler about discovery yeah i think she has tunnel vision her eyes are on the prize mm-hmm. of the spore drive hmm well, it's not even really the spore drive exactly at this moment, but... It's discovery itself. Yeah, discovery itself. She needs discovery for some reason. Because if mm-hmm. it was just about the spore drive, they would have just taken the ship and put everybody in escape pods and done what they needed to do with the spore drive. Why did she need the people? She said she needed the crew as leverage. 
And then she does say at the end that she's got the coordinates to Federation headquarters. Right. Uh, dun, dun, this is all set dun. up. Yeah. We discover that Discovery has a cloak. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I saw people bitching about this earlier in the season in Star Trek groups, which I usually belong to very positive groups, but every once in a while a wanker gets in there. And someone was like, well, if they're giving them all this upgraded technology, then why don't they have a cloak? What do they need a cloak for? They can jump in and out of anywhere in a split second. Also, you think they're going to say all everything that they've done right away and yeah. give, the, give you like this entitled person. Oh, this is all this is a list of all the things that we did. Hmm. Just so you know. So we never have to show you. We never have to surprise you with anything. God, entitled <laughs> yeah. assholes. Episode seven is just them reading the technical manual. Seriously, it's like people get pissed off and call stuff like that plot holes i'm sorry that you have to have everything explained to you like you're a toddler uh-huh. but the rest of us can just assume okay i read it's not a plot hole i read those the that from your timeline that you and your friend steven were talking about <laughs> yes. i read that on the last episode of open channel because i thought it was golden that's fantastic yeah i love i love steven he's he's great and this is what i wrote on facebook in case anyone's wondering writing that you don't like is not equivalent to bad writing slash lazy writing i forget what the second thing (laughs) oh fact does not equal opinion that's what i said steven jumped in he's like oh is this a game let's come up with things and yeah there was the thing about how just because we didn't see a person acquire these skills doesn't mean they don't have them oh, yeah. didn't earn them a female character with a diverse skill set does not equal a mary sue mm-hmm. and then you mm-hmm. said and just because we didn't see her entire life story doesn't mean she didn't work for those skills and i've also seen people talking about yeah well you know i still watch trek even though i don't really like it right now because it's still trek and it's better than not having trek but i hate how they just ignore like 50 plus years of stuff that came before it i'm like what is wrong with you they make references to past events all the damned time. Oh, yeah. There's probably not a single episode. I mean, the fact that it's there at all, like the fact that they're mm-hmm. on a Starfleet the Federation ship and the crew and all that kind of stuff, you know? I think it was Aaron Harvey who said this to me. We were having a conversation. He said, if you took all these people who complain about how Star Trek is written and had them write Star Trek and then erased all their memories so that they had no idea that they had done that and then they watched that episode, they would complain about it just as much Mm -hmm. as any other episode. Yes, because again... Listen, it's okay if you don't like something, that's fine. But when you're constantly yucking yes. things and you're just mm-hmm. talking shit about stuff, this is once again projection. And it's once again an example of how you feel internally about yourself. And you're, it's a mm-hmm. reflection of your relationship with yourself. You know, say, I don't really like it. Okay, great. This is why I don't like it. Okay, great. But if you're constantly bitching, I have, I just take that with a grain of salt. <laughs> mm-hmm. This reminds me of something related to the fandom menace with The Last Jedi. There's folks being so upset at it that they wanted a certain amount of money and that they would rewrite Star Wars and they were going to do it basically by committee. Oh, that's a good idea. I was like, oh, yeah, let's have art appeal to the least common denominator. That really works well, is to create art that's just going to appeal to the most fans possible. Mm. It's not going to challenge anybody's opinions. It's going to be just fan service. That's really, I liked really The Last Jedi. Mature. Yeah. 
that's uh see that's what they did uh they already did that movie though dave it was called rise of skywalker and yeah i really <laughs> like last jedi i don't i mean i yeah, sure I people don't like these last movies but i i loved them like i loved I've... them the number of people who don't consider themselves star wars fans that love last jedi and see it as a as an art piece yeah. really mm-hmm. Because it does challenge the viewer and that it tells a story and it sets up for something that they should have pulled off, which is that you get rid of the Sith, you get rid of the Jedi, you forge a middle path between the two. Because that's Buddhism. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's much more spiritual, a spiritual iteration, which I really liked a lot. That either extreme doesn't work. The extreme righteousness of the Jedi doesn't work. The extreme self-servingness of the Sith does not work. You need to forge a middle mm. path. Imagine that. And they throw that away with Last Skywalker. And it just becomes, oh, this woman's special because she has Palpatine's blood. I wanted her. To, I wanted her to be nothing special. I really, yeah. truly yeah. did. I wanted her she to should be have been a nobody. Yeah, a nobody. Mm-hmm. One thing that I want to remind everybody is that writers, producers, directors, actors, they are people with thoughts mm-hmm. and feelings. And they are artists. And and they are artists. They are artists. And well, to some producers criticize aren't, but... <laughs> Well, yeah, producers <laughs> yeah. usually are just the money people, but some producers yeah. actually have come from an acting background or yeah. a directing background and and know mm-hmm. the other side of the story. But I think sometimes that these people are just like, oh, they, they villainize writers and showrunners. And I'm like, these are people like you, like me, that have lives and dreams and families. And they are, they truly believe that they are making the best possible product that they can. So I'm sorry that you don't like it. I really am. But you don't have to shit all over the people who made it. Right. And it's personal it's to them, just, too. Like, yeah, you know? it's very personal to them. And it's confusing art for commerce. Yes. Because in commerce, the customer can complain about what they get, mm-hmm. that it isn't what they wanted. Art isn't that. No. Art is meant there Good to point. be itself. It's a means to its own end. Mm-hmm. Good point. So whether you like it or not is really irrelevant. I mean, yeah, of course they want their money because there's business attached to it, but they still are producing a work of art. And if they're not, and that's what a lot of people complain about modern cinema is that it seems to be more business model, Mm -hmm. that we're not getting these smaller independent films. We're getting these big tentpole Marvel movies and that sort of thing. And that's where places like Netflix and Amazon Prime are excelling Mm -hmm. because they're doing those smaller movies. They're doing those television shows that networks would never Mm -hmm. touch. Yeah, look at Queen's Gambit. Do you think anybody would have made that in any network? Nope. And it's super popular right now. Mm-hmm. Well, it has a beginning and it has an end. And mm-hmm. that's also something that's very palatable. It's not something that goes on and on and on and possibly to never have any resolution because right. eventually people just get tired of it and it gets canceled. Or then a final season that's everyone's pissed off about, you know. I'm looking at you, Lost. <laughs> I was going to suggest... <laughs> Game of Thrones, even though I hadn't seen it, because I know that's how you feel. That too. (laughs) That too. Well, the problem with Game of Thrones is that the television show surpassed the novels. Yeah, it was further along. And so the television writers were writing Mm. stuff that hadn't been developed I definitely felt that way about Mm. Lost, though. 
for sure. Yeah, yeah I didn't even watch it, but I yeah, just lost. They were I've heard up as they went along. Yeah, I've heard many people talk about it, and I listen to this podcast called Triple Click. They talk about video games because I'm a gamer. Don't know if I've mentioned that before. I'm a gamer. They do this thing at the end of the podcast called One More Thing, where they can talk about anything that they liked in in the last week. And one of the hosts was talking about Queen's Gambit and talking about how they really enjoyed watching something that they knew how many episodes there were going to be. They binged it and now they can move on to something else. And it was really well done, all of these things. And then they started talking about these series that just go on and on and then set up things that they never pay off. And they started talking about loss and they're like, maybe we should do a Beans about lost beans cast is um whether they spill the beans about something they spoil something mm. and they put that out on the you know the max fund members thing but anyway it, that's what it makes me think of. they were talking about lost and how just like the whole last season was like what are you doing well so. the penultimate season too like Mm. I mean, yeah. Was that was the sort of sideways like, oh. one when they went sideways to another parallel thing, or was that the last Probably. season? I don't know. I don't know. But I, it was this thing where they were like, yeah, they had this plan. They were going to have this many episodes, this many seasons, and then they were going to stop. But the network really liked the popularity of it, and so they gave them two more seasons, and those seasons mm-hmm. were crap. But didn't JJ get bored with it? Like he kind of was like, eh, I'm done. I don't know. I could see that. I have I have never seen I will say that yeah, Juliet and I can't remember her name, the actress who played the actor who played Juliet, I love her so much. Oh, there were fabulous actors on the show. Oh yeah. It's just I couldn't watch it and just like Well, you knew the ending at the very start. Well, yeah. Well, it was either that or they just didn't know how airplanes worked. So Yeah, that's a possibility. But I figured, because, you know, that airplane crash, I'm sorry, guys, do you know that most airplane crashes are not survivable? Like, it's a really high percentage of how many are not survivable. And that airplane crash was not survivable. (laughs) Elizabeth Mitchell. It was not. Ah, Elizabeth Elizabeth Mitchell. Mitchell. She was also in the V reboot, which I loved and nobody apparently else did. I didn't see it. Yeah, oh, I didn't watch love it. it. I knew, knew a lot of people really enjoyed and it. And she was in but, Once Upon a yeah, Time watch it. when they went, did the Elsa story. I didn't enjoy that show at all. <laughs> I heard that the uh, comic book fables, the creators of that, went to create a television show and the network passed. And then they came out with Once Upon a Time. So they basically did it anyway mm. without crediting the uh, comic oh book wow they did a similar thing to where they kind of switched universes at the last season after the the really good characters left <laughs> mm. they're the main ones yeah it's just it's not a setup that i enjoy oh all of these people the audience knows who they are but they can't remember who they are and wackiness ensues oh i hate that i enjoyed so much. the first few it. seasons and i really liked that red and mulan were like lesbians together well good for them it's just i hate the whole the audience knows this but the characters don't that's just an exercise in frustration for me we are talking about wow that was a long one that was a record brandy just dropped the bomb that she doesn't like dramatic irony (laughs) that's dramatically ironic (laughs) what are you saying it's just like one of the most common things in writing yeah is to arm the audience with information that the characters don't have yes i get that but this is a different sort of thing it's the thing where the people don't know who they are 
I hate that. Mm -hmm. Or there's the person that knows something that happened and nobody believes them. They're the only person who knows it happened. It's just, it's frustrating for me. I don't enjoy that. Oh yeah, that that the rogue with the heart of gold is actually a prince and just doesn't know it. That thing. <laughs> well, no, that tired old trope. No, it's not. It's not even so much that. It's just the here. Here's Snow White, but she doesn't remember that she's Snow White. Let's watch her bumble right. about her life. How is that interesting? Yeah, <laughs> it's the curse. Just not my thing, guys. Just not my thing. Can I say something about Star Trek Discovery? <laughs> yeah, please do. <laughs> this sure. is a just how cool was it to get Fine. more right like ahead. really cool close-ups of the ship this episode? Like even more. Like we right? saw like so many yeah. more details. So pretty. I loved the scene where they were trying to jump mm. and like the pizza cutters were spinning yeah. really fast because one goes clockwise and one goes counterclockwise and they were just spinning so fast. And I'm like thinking of Tron again because the ship is all very Tron now with all the lights that it mm -hmm. has on it. And so I just it was just such a pretty shot yeah I, the opening one was really gorgeous so much pretty stuff this episode really had me on the edge of my seat like it, this was a good one after this quote mirror universe arc like mm -hmm. i was i was legitimately like glued to the screen the whole time for this one well there's just definitely a sense of urgency mm. throughout and I, especially when they teleport into the nebula and immediately they're suffering from radiation and the ship's compromised and losing shield integrity. And Doug Jones sans makeup and like Bajoran Culber and Trill yep. Michael. Like so cool. Seriously, I got so emotional when I saw Doug's I face. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I was just like, oh, what a gift. This was a really cool foray into some things that we have very rarely seen in Star Trek. Like it's not really that they were surgically altered to go undercover. Mm -hmm. But much like the DS9 episode, we see actors in different makeup or without their makeup. And I, I yeah. thought that was a really cool shout out. This Agreed. is also Discovery's first holodeck episode. I thought that too. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. And of course they do it so differently than any other series because this is Discovery. Mm -hmm. And they take yeah, chances. Yeah, the stakes were really high on this holodeck episode. Yeah. Yeah, that they even say this is an advanced holodeck, and so things are different because Saru says that his heels are touching the ground. Yes, which means there must be some kind of physical modification, or at least the illusion of it, where he can feel that his feet, like his heels, are actually touching the ground, which is anatomically different. Mm -hmm. I like how they they like showed him kind of in the shadows first before we saw him without the makeup. That was that was a cool little dramatic reveal. Yeah. When I saw him walking and we just see his feet and legs, I'm like, oh, please tell me. Please tell me he's not going to be in makeup. Please tell me we're going to see a human Saru. And my wish was granted. I was wondering why we saw the troll marks on Michael in the preview last week. I was like, what is going on? And then when um, they showed Culver? the ruins, it reminded me of Enterprise when we saw the destruction with uh, Daniel's. Yes, I thought the same thing. Mm -hmm. Honestly, um, Culber as a Bajoran, dead sexy. Hot AF. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Culber, dead sexy. With, period. Yeah. So. Bajorans are sexy. Bajorans are Bajorans sexy. Bajorans are very sexy. I don't know what it is, but I've always thought all Bajorans are sexy. Yeah. I don't know why. Well, even Shax had his- uh, Shax? His, his followers. Yeah. Shax. Is, uh, May he rest yeah. in peace. May he rest in peace. Too soon. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe he'll come back. Sorry. I loved the whole what the hell was going on through a lot of this. 
because it felt, we felt the urgency and we felt the confusion and we felt, we felt what the characters the were fear feeling. with the monster. Yeah. Like I, I was legitimately like, oh my God, this thing is creepy and it is creepy like, as fuck, you guys. Detailed. Very. There's a dark fairy tale aesthetic to oh. it, especially with Michael appearing in a red hood mm-hmm. in a oh, wow. wilderness in a in a deep woods. I thought the same thing. Yeah, it's like, oh, this is Little Red Riding Hood. It's it's so weird because the face kind of looks. I mean, it looks Kelpian in a way, yes. but then there's all the kelp swirling around it and whatnot, and then the sounds that it makes. Oh God, the sounds. Oh God. Ooh, I was so uncomfortable. <laughs> It looked a little like a, a what is it a baul without all the slime dripping off At of it. Times. Yeah, but it wasn't. Mm-hmm. It was. It looked more yeah. like a kelpian to me. Like the facial structure mm-hmm. was very kelpian. I first so... was reminded of Ripper mm. until we got more close ups. Yeah, right. Because of that shell well, Ripper... looking thing on the forehead. Yeah, Ripper is only violent when people are trying to hurt him. Also helped to have subtitles active because yes. it says "see me" and it doesn't sound like it. Mm-hmm. I didn't see that. I didn't have subtitles on. Yeah. I guys, I highly recommend always have the subtitles on. <laughs> you will find things that you do not yeah. know are in there. My entire rewatch I will do with subtitles and I will watch the ready room after each episode. Yes. <laughs> I am so behind on those. I love that uh, that mommy built him this place to raise him because she knew she mm-hmm. wasn't going to be around. The end of this episode, though, there's still a lot of unanswered questions. Like, how is he still alive? Yeah, do they because just live really old? Or no, live really they long? don't. They obviously don't. Because Culber is really surprised that he's still alive. And so is Saru. So if this was the child of the woman, Dr. Isa, that we saw in the hologram, which apparently it is, that's confirmed later by the, the elder. elder. And I think... At some point, either Saru or Culber asked the question, how did you keep him alive this long? Uh, and he never really got a straight answer on that. But yeah, let's talk about the fear reaction and what it set off. Oh, yes, the scream that reminded me of Black Canary. Mm, yeah. Because t- <laughs> it seemed to originate from his voice. Yeah. Or at least his head. Yeah. Because it, it creates that halo effect. That shockwave sort of thing. Yeah. And that causes major problems for discovery unfortunately yes but well it decloaks them and it decloaks uh, osiris ship as well yeah so now they know that sukal probably caused the burn but exactly mm-hmm. how like what is he doing to cause this shock wave it seems to be through an emotional outburst and if it happened that long ago it was probably the death of his mother that's my that guess it. but at the same time how is he physically capable of doing such a thing i mean is it related to the dilithium obviously that's what i think what colbert seems to suggest is that he's grown up he's been born and raised in this environment and so his cells must have become accustomed to it that he's mutated he's acclimated to the dilithium Mm -hmm. and so yeah if he's connected somehow Mm -hmm. to that perhaps his emotional state can affect whether it's inert or active or whatever. I'm very curious as to how exactly this developed. I I feel confident that we are going to get these answers because Discovery is not like one of those shows that just 
teases you with a mystery all season and then doesn't pay it off and gives you another cliffhanger. Well, we so. have a lot of questions, right? Yeah, I mean, the song. there are a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. The lullaby. Well, if they could change his DNA back to being not just an original Kelpian, then maybe they could take that trigger away, like deactivate him. Yeah, I don't know. But the thing is, they'd have to get him back to the ship to do that. Yeah. And that's the whole problem, isn't it? Because Discovery ain't at the nebula no more. Yeah, he doesn't trust the outside. He doesn't want to go outside. He doesn't even really want, seem to want to believe that there is an outside right. to the holodeck. It's very odd. It's just like, why would he want to exist in such a dark place? It couldn't have always been that dark. I mean, like physically lacking light. Yeah, I, I think it's breaking it's down of the program. Active. Yeah, yeah, it's been active that long that yeah, I'm sure it's cutting down certain things to keep other things. What active. did you think yeah. of the actor who played uh, Sukal, Bill Irwin? He's apparently a comedian and a clown. I have heard that name before. Uh, I think for the physical activity and also the childlike nature of it, then mm-hmm. getting somebody who's a clown is probably a good. I idea. liked it. Yep. Someone who has grown up with a bunch of studies geared towards children is not going to just magically progress into an adult mindset, even though their body has become an adult, because it's the whole nature versus nurture thing. Yeah, I mean, he's clearly stunted mentally, socially. Culber recognizes that immediately. He says, we, you know, we're Mm -hmm. basically dealing with a child. Mm -hmm. And it's good that he said that because later on, Michael has her own interaction with him. That was great. Where she has to pretend to be part of the program. Oh, she was so she good was at so that. Good. It still went wrong. And <laughs> I feel bad about that. Yep. But she did a good job, though. She, Yeah, she did a really great job. She was very intuitive in that moment. Yeah. We're jumping all over the place, but I don't like going through things linearly anyway. How about Book being a big damn hero? And going into the nebula to pinpoint where the ship was. He was a hero. And a pocket that they could jump into. Yeah. That's our that's our book. Big damn hero. How about Saru being really stubborn and wanting to continue even though it was jeopardizing the ship? Yeah. And Michael pulled him back from that edge. Well, it happened also yeah. when he was dealing with Vance. He was like, mm-hmm. no, yeah. we'll take care of Kaminar. And Saru was like all over, kind of all over the place, you know? And then, like yeah. like yeah. you were saying, when, when Michael said, you already have, you know, I don't want to compromise, whatever, you already have. <laughs> I loved that. Yeah. Looking at it, like, objectively, just taking away what you know of the character and their personalities. In previous episode, we had Georgiou tell Michael that she's suited for the captain's chair. Mm-hmm. And then you have her question Saru's uh, competency as a captain. And then you have her suggest that Saru stay behind and that she and Colber return. Looking at it just removed and just taken away any interpersonal relationship thing, it would seem like Michael might be going for the captain's chair and getting rid of Saru. Oh, you mean on purpose? No. I mean, objectively, it could look like that, but I'm not saying that's what's happening because I know who Michael is. But if you were just to look at it just as that those events taking place back to back to back, it would seem like that's what's going yeah, on. Yeah, but see, that's the whole thing. You're removing context. Mm-hmm. And context is, is the difference between... Yeah, context, context is, is for, kings. for kings. It's the difference yep. between kings and peasants, y'all. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you can look at a set of events, but without context for those events, all you have is just, you know, a bunch of yeah. unconnected things. Or your own but, bias. 
exactly informing your oh, your own bias informing your opinion you know mm-hmm. which is very common in criticism because she even says earlier on to book that she can't trust through during this moment that he's too attached too emotionally involved well, the thing is in this mission she knows what that's like she's been yeah. there so she recognizes yeah. that in him mm-hmm. and she's trying mm-hmm. to help him she knows what it feels like to be on the other side of that fence and that's why she wants to go with him it also reminded me of when they went to the seed ship like it couldn't be one person that talked to the doctor to the scientist uh what, what, remember mm-hmm. when non they were like yeah. you're there he's not going to understand you because yeah, she's being too nice yeah of our cultural differences yeah how about stamets not wanting uh colbert to go totally get that totally yeah. i like that. that he's like you're not going <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's like no <laughs> okay that always works really well in a couple. <laughs> yeah. Well, see, and that's that's the beauty about Culber and Stamets is Culber understands why he's behaving that way. Yeah. Because yeah. if the positions were reversed, he might react similarly. He he did with the jumps and everything. With remember the yeah. hundred and whatever, yeah. fifty yeah. something jumps or whatever. He was like, I don't want I don't want to do it, and then I don't want you to do it, and then he did it. You know. Yeah. To be fair, Culber is literally a different person now. <laughs> Right. <laughs> well, he even said he found a new purpose in this future that he didn't know he was looking for yeah so he said i need to do this for me and that's something that paul couldn't really argue with i love how yeah. much attention culber is getting this season i know mm-hmm. it's so joyous because i love him so much and i've loved him since the first time he was on the show and i love that he's come to the forefront like this yeah he deserves it yes he deserves it because Wilson Cruz is obviously a very emotional and empathic person, and he brings things into the role that just speak to me, I guess is the right way to say oh, it. Oh, yeah, same. I love you, Wilson. Is this when we get the double kiss as well? Yes, yeah. that's the double kiss. I love it, the kissing. I love the I kissing. I do too. I want all the kissing. And I like how uh, Paul brings up Adira, too. You have me. <gasps> yeah, Adira. Mm-hmm. They're space dads. Mm-hmm. I will say it right mm-hmm. now. I thought that, that it was more like a big brother thing, but no, they're straight they're up space, space dads. dads. Yeah. Yeah. And he, mm-hmm. and he says to, oh, let's jump back to actually the, the wake there the, where we start right. the episode. And Adira is there and she's watching everybody talking and she's feeling kind of alienated. Stamets is talking to her and he says, well... You know, you have these people. You also have us. And he motions to Culber. And he says, we're kind of a package deal. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yes. And then Gray appears. Gray finally appears. Mm -hmm. And we get another dad moment. It's like, if if this wasn't awake right now, I'd give you a piece of my mind. Yeah. I love how he just fully embraces it. He he never mm-hmm. questioned Adira at all. Never questioned nope. their yeah mental state or anything, or called them crazy. Yeah, I really like that. He says to them, "Yeah, I mean, he just is fully there for Adira." And, and he doesn't even like beautiful. accuse them of conjuring some kind of coping mechanism or something. Like, no, he's just like, no. no. If you see him, then I believe you. He's seen stuff. Yeah. That nobody seen dead would believe. He's seen dead yeah, people. Yeah, he's seen dead people. He's seen dead people in a mushroom network, <laughs> you guys. I mean, how well, crazy does that sound? seen Tilly with May. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
And so it's not unusual. So I do adore that uh, that scene and also nice to see Gray again and his excuse is that he doesn't know how to be. This isn't how mm. it's supposed to be. I, I do love that he's just like, I'm sorry. And Adira's like, is, is that it? <laughs> like, yeah, you go. You tell him. You don't get to just say, I'm sorry, and have everything go back to the way it was. That's not how it works. I really like that on the ship now, there's like this, I mean, Discovery has always been kind of like a chosen family group of people. Like it's, that's mm -hmm. continued to develop. But I really like now, it's even more so, like there's more of a misfit family kind of thing with Book, who's not Starfleet, with Adira, who's not Starfleet, Adira's dead boyfriend, who's maybe dead, but maybe not, but they can see them. And obviously he contributes to the crew somehow through Adira. And like, I just, I don't know. I love that it's kind of this hodgepodge of, you know, of, of people that somehow makes too. sense. Yeah. A misfit crew. I love misfit crews because I have felt like a misfit my entire life. Right. So yeah. <laughs> misfits seek out other misfits and then bands together mm -hmm. and support each other. Mm -hmm. It's what we do. Yeah, it makes me really happy. And all the detractors of Discovery just kind of adds to that. Right. That because there's so many people that hate this crew and hate these characters that it makes them even more appealing to people who are outsiders. It's kind of like how the Rocky Horror Picture oh. Show hit an audience. Mm. It's, you know, they just played it at, you know, a midnight thing just because and it found its people and became a thing. And I think Discovery finds its people that way, too, as you see a lot of like cool folks that don't quite fit in the norm really you enjoy the series. You know, Dave, you're making me kind of change my cuz I get I get, you know, obviously on this podcast I've gotten a little defensive several times with people like that and on my own podcast on Open Channel, but you saying that is making me think like, you know what? Go ahead, hate on it, talk shit all you want. It's not mm -hmm. going to affect me or how <laughs> yeah. I feel. This just isn't for you. Mm -hmm. You just don't get it. You just yeah. don't get it. And no. that's okay. You don't need to. Me enjoying something doesn't require everybody else to have to. No, I yep. agree with that. the The problem is when they start attacking people, like Mary Wiseman, the past yes. couple weeks, uh, yeah. writers, producers, actors. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, that makes me that makes me violently angry. That makes me very, mm -hmm. especially someone who is so talented and such a kind person, and yep. you know, mm -hmm. and and you know, don't fuck with her because Captain Janeway is going to come for you. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah yeah she got Janeway in her corner bitches how moving was that oh my god I saw that tweet as it happened because I have Kate Mulgrew on all notifications <laughs> and so when she made that tweet I'm like oh my god yeah <gasps> yeah well, I could see with Kate Mulgrew being the first female captain of a Star Trek television series that she got hate herself. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, she would understand she's, that. She's well used to that feeling. Yeah. I would just mm -hmm. want people like Mary Wiseman and the rest who get things like that to know that the number of people who love them and appreciate them and value them far surpasses anything anybody oh, else yeah. could say or do. And, you know, in number and in intention, you know, I want them to know that. It's like being a podcaster or a comedian or anything where you create something is that it's the negative reviews that you notice. Mm. People can be supportive and congratulatory and everything. And, you know, that's great and all, but it's always the detractors or with the standard comedians, they talk about this a lot is the person with folded arms mm. that are just kind of staring them down 
critically, that's the person they notice. It's not all the people laughing. It's the one that's not. And it's just sad that that's the case, that it that we notice the people who don't like us above the people that do. Those kind of comments and voices reinforce our own negative self-talk and the own things that we mm-hmm. worry about. You know, like Osiris was saying, <laughs> you're an imposter or whatever. Like, we, ha- we all have those kind of feelings, you know? And when people say mm-hmm. those things, it activates those things. And it's like, oh my God, is this real? No, <laughs> it's not real. You know, it's not the truth. Yeah, nobody can hate me more than I can hate myself. I know yeah. that feeling. I know that feeling. I remember being in high school. I was either a junior or a senior. I can't remember now. I think I was a senior. And we did a talent show. And basically, if you signed up, they let you do your thing, as long as it wasn't anything offensive or whatever. And that was back when I could still play piano. Now my hands are just too messed up to do that. But I uh, I was playing a piano solo. And I remember being so feeling so sick before I went out to do my number and there was this really popular guy in the wings. I can't even remember his name. I can see his face, but I can't remember his name. And he asked me if I was okay. And I said, no, I'm really, really nervous. And he says to me, you know, for every one person that you think will hate you, there's going to be 10 who love you. Wow. And I'm just like, nice. why are you even speaking to me? Much less giving me good advice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, and I went out and did my solo and I did mess up. And Sure, why not? Yeah, I messed up. You know, it's interesting because when I messed up, and it was very obvious that I messed up. I mean, it wasn't just a little mess up. It was (laughs) very obvious. Like, I had to stop and restart a passage. And, like, people in the audience just went, oh. Like, you heard them? Like, in sympathy. Yes. Audibly gasped. Mm -hmm. Like, I physically heard. And I just thought, wow, okay. Oh. Thanks for the support. (laughs) Well, no, it it wasn't that. It was just, it was... They felt bad for me. It was a sound of, oh, I'm so sorry mm. that this happened. Not a like, Ugh, right. sort of, ew. No, it wasn't like that. It wasn't like a dish breaking. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It wasn't. <laughs> or the cough in the stand-up right. comedy Could club. you please pass the jelly? <laughs> <gasps> so I try to remember that in everything that I do, that there are always going to be people who don't like what I do. They don't matter. I'm not doing this for people who hate me. I'm doing this for people who want to listen. That's why I do this podcast, y'all. I'm not doing it for the haters. There's a Destiny's Child song called Happy Face, and one of the lyrics is, there's plenty of people who don't like me, but there's 10 times more who love me, and I love myself. Mm-hmm. And I really love that. Mm. And it also reminds me of, as I've been packing up, I, I keep a lot of cards. Like I keep all the cards my mom sends me for birthdays, Christmas, whatever, and my dad. And then sometimes I keep some of the cards that actors or other people that I do shows with send me. And I don't even realize that I keep them. And when I was sorting through them, I read a few of them and they were so touching. Like there were like an actor that I worked with in 2007 in that was in college and a college production that I did in Rochester of the musical Hello Again, wrote me like the sweetest card. And I was like, man, I need to pay more attention to these moments and these kind of interactions instead of, you know, the asshole that, you know, whatever, you know, those are the things that really matter. Those are the things that, you know, I mean, the negativity has its place too. Like it's important to be faced with that stuff. But when you, when you really help somebody that they're really helping you, you know? Well, when it comes to a creative work, haters gonna hate. 
But that's the thing about creative works. They're not objective. Mm -hmm. They're subjective. You, you actually mm -hmm. can just say haters don't matter because they can't, they're not being objective. Right. They are being subjective. Right. And it makes you wonder if the people that criticize Discovery got the changes that they want, if they would but enjoy it. But sometimes they do. Sometimes they do. Yeah. Like, we got the cloak this episode. Oh, yeah, look at the Snyder Cut. The people clamoring for the Snyder Cut and now looking forward to it. Yeah, but here's the thing about the cloak. There is no fucking way that that was in fan response. No, I'm saying, yeah, I know yeah. it's not in because of fan response, but I'm saying that's what they bitched about before, this person you're talking about. Now they got mm -hmm. it. You think they're not bitching anymore all of a sudden? Mm -hmm. Oh, you know, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, they just found go. something new to bitch about. Yeah. Well, see, that's the thing. That's what happens when you you know, criticize a book before you're finishing reading it. Exactly. You know, complaining about the plot of a book before it's finished. Don't complain about the plot of a season when the season hasn't finished. If we get to the final episode and you still feel that way, well, then go on your merry way and be unhappy. Yeah, you don't get all the answers right away. That's not how it works. That's not how a story That's works. That's how life works. Yeah. 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 Who wants art to be democratic? Ugh, no. Um, no. <laughs> that you get to vote on what gets written. That's what choose your own adventure books are for. And they've done it before with controversial results, like having a vote whether robin died i mean not the original robin but a robin in the batman comics and everybody hated the character so much that they voted him dead and it became a big controversial thing <sighs> that was a bad <laughs> idea oh i mm -hmm. wanted to say i really liked this is a non sequitur is that okay that's okay <laughs> we, we do that all the time sweetie i really liked two things that we got the term jump signature mm. instead of warp signature right I thought that mm -hmm. was really cool, and I like that we saw the picture of the Bowel and the Kelpians holding hands. The day that they joined the Federation, that actually brought me great joy. There was, there was a lot of stuff that was just very emotional for me in this episode, as per usual, really. <laughs> so, yes, I am 11 for 11 on season three of Crying. <laughs> Are you 12 for 12? <sighs> I, I am 12 for 12. Okay. <laughs> oh. We haven't got to see some video game level design mm -hmm. with the broken oh bridge God. that goes from one segment of the they like to another. spared no expense on this episode when it come when it came to visuals yeah, the, like it was yeah. gorgeous. Skyfish. Oh yeah, floating. I loved yeah. it. I called him Skyfish. <laughs> Like, look, Dave Skyfish. Yeah. Yep, Skyfish. The, the platform bridge. I'm like, oh, is this a platform game now? Am I playing Mario? What's going on? <laughs> yeah, Got to pattern it right. Otherwise, you'll fall. Yeah, you don't want to fall because then you'll lose a mm. life and have to start over and won't have all your power-ups mm -hmm. now. Ooh, or like when Michael flew up when she fell off. Oh, that was so crazy, yeah, right? Cool. Falling up. And that whole MC yes. Escher looking thing. Oh, and um, Saru says that his heart's racing. And Are hu humans afraid of heights? <laughs> and so... Are Kelpians not afraid of heights? I don't think so. And why? Is it because there's they can climb so easily? Yeah, they're suited for such environments. They're sure-footed. Yeah. They are. Yeah. They are sure-footed. Mm -hmm. Like mountain yeah. goats. Yep, pretty much. Do we have anything else that we want to talk about as we have meandered around the world and back to this episode? Oh, we haven't addressed that the, uh, the Discover gets boarded. Oh, yeah, mm. right. Yeah. Well, that happened. Oh, I am ready. I'm ready for Osira to get hers. I really am. Her ship reminds me really of Kazon am. ships. 
it's very, it reminds me actually of one of the Klingon ships that was in season one that I can't remember the name of that's very spiky. The Cleave ship? No, it wasn't the Cleave ship. It was another one. It basically, it honestly looked like a really spiky dildo, but it was the <laughs> spiky part oh, that yeah. made me think of that ship. That was just what was in my head. Mm. I'm not saying this ship. Sorry, I'm still stuck on spiky dildo. Yeah, well, I will show you pictures later and you'll understand. <laughs> of the Klingon ship or of a spiky dildo? Uh, No, not a spiky dildo. I'll show you Klingon pictures. Klingon ship. You dirty-minded boy. I didn't say dildo first. <laughs> hey, I'm just yeah. repeating what we said when we were talking about the ships of season one oh, yeah. in a previous episode of The Edge back on another network in another time and place. That was hilarious. Adira? Oh, yes! Beku stow away mm -hmm. onto Bookship. Yeah, and Reno helps them. Yes. Mm -hmm. They they go to Reno and say, hey, I have an idea, but I'm going to need your badge. And all we just see is Reno staring at them like, mm, yeah, okay. <laughs> because Reno. It was great. And then Adira was like, not asking for permission. <laughs> and then they just swallow the thing and boom, gone. I don't think they mm -hmm. swallowed it. I think they just put it in their mouth. Okay. Yeah, I think because of transporting that if it's inside the body, it stays inside mm. the body. It was cool. I just thought that they, oh. they didn't know what they were transporting into, and so they didn't want to lose it. Yeah, it seemed like a very Terminator thing where what's outside the body doesn't go with you. That's why the Terminators had to have organic skin mm. to mm. transport. Weird. And, of course, Michael coming back with Book to discover that Discovery's uh, warping yeah. out. It's uh, black alerting. Yeah, they, they see Discovery and Osiris' ship jump away. Yeah, I didn't mm -hmm. know that they could take a ship with them. Well, yeah, it was new. those little... Tendril thingies. Tendril thingies that we saw yeah. in season two yeah. and at the end of Picard, very similarly. Yep. How did they know that would work and not just rip the tendrils off that ship? Because they knew. I don't know. <laughs> because okay. reasons because technology they must have studied the uh the mycelial network it was cool jump. to see the that ship jump it sparkled i am hoping yeah. and i know that you both know the answer to this and you're not going to say anything but i'm hoping that the osira business is cleaned up by the end of episode 12 and that we're like okay good next challenge like that's what i'm hoping for oh sweetie <laughs> Let's just say that the next episode, you know how we talk about how Discovery, because of the delay, just seems to be fitting right oh, in yeah. the exact moment. We're about a, about a week off mm -hmm. with okay. the next episode. Yeah. Whatever There's that some... means, I will, you, I will you'll know, know in a week. You'll know later. <laughs> yep. They'll be watching and go, oh, that's that's what they meant. We We both recognized the similarities to something else very, very quickly. Uh. One mm -hmm. thing I will say is that with only season uh, finale, episode 13, left after episode 12, I wouldn't pin my hopes on having this whole thing resolved by oh, the no. next I've, episode. Yeah, I've already, I know that there's going to be big stuff happening that we didn't expect and that we're, we're going to have not everything answered and cleaned up by the end of the season. There's no way. Yeah, well, I don't there's going to be some things. Know what to expect for 13. Yeah, there's going to be some things. Oh, Dave, our yeah. pet thing has arrived. Yeah, the um, prime 
yeah. uh, fan nice. just pulled we, up. We ordered a an outdoor pet house so that I can make a little pet sanctuary for cats in the neighborhood who oh. were stuck out in the cold. Oh my God, my mother would love that. She does. She feeds them. I yeah. I just don't want them to be cold, and it gets oh, so cold. Oh my here. God, that's exactly what my mom does. Yeah. And then she's love, like, "Why do these yeah, cats keep coming?" And I'm like, "You feed them." I, I'm Eat not them. feeding them, but I'm going to make them a warm place. So, yeah, because we have a lot of neighborhood cats, mm-hmm. and sometimes they get shut out from uh-huh. their homes and gets a little cold. So yeah. they have a place to go, and they love our. Oh, yard. they know. Yeah, that they're we have welcome. a pond. We have a little pond. Yeah, and so. our cats an inside only cats. Do they so do the ch- 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 yeah. ch- at the window with them? No, no, no they just come and meow. No. They'll just be meow, mm. meow, meow, and. F- exacerbating our cat's anxiety yeah. to where he's staring yeah. out the window and just what are you doing here get off my patch and, and jumping from window to window and going downstairs yeah. and coming back upstairs as the cats move around the yep. house anyway oh right so yeah, yeah. so that was uh, so, Sukal that's fine. <laughs> and a lot of tangents yeah, um, not much to talk else to talk about I guess yeah, yeah. so Unless you want to go in depth regarding the advanced holodeck, but I think we discussed it. I don't think we need to go in depth because there's still more information Mm -hmm. that we don't have, and that's that's Mm going to be forthcoming, I hope. (laughs) So, yeah. All right, then. Well, it's that time of the podcast where we tell people where they can find us. So, Chris, if you would like to start. I'm on Instagram and Twitter at CD Littlefield and also with my show Open Channel at Open Channel Trek and my other show. There are four questions at four questions Trek. And that's the number, not the word. Excellent, Dave, darling. I am Dark Cornercast on Twitter, DJ Evil Dave on Facebook, and the Dark Corner Podcast is currently on hiatus, but you can still pop in there and catch up on old episodes and rate and review if you happen to like us. We're a bit like the Discovery in that we appeal to a certain kind of person, so yep. we're not for everybody. we got a small but pretty loyal fan base, yep. so if that kind of interests you, then check it out. We talk about nerd stuff and stuff. Yep, nerd stuff from a darker perspective. And you can find me in too many places. Just follow me on Twitter at Brandywine12, and you'll see all the other things that I'm doing. I don't feel like going through the list right now. However, uh, at the time that this releases, this will have already happened, but you will be able to listen to it as a podcast if you so desire. On Saturday the 26th, yeah, Saturday the 26th on Infinite Trek, uh, we are interviewing Noah Everback Cats, and I am so stinking excited. I am beside myself. I got to watch that. <laughs> That's our Andorian rim. Yeah. I don't think that an Andorian has made this kind of mark since Shran, so. No. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, very popular. Yeah. That's true. So we are really excited to talk to him. I am going to pepper him with questions about D&D, so that's going to mm-hmm. be fun. And just on a side note, I am so enjoying Anthony Rapp's recaps of every D&D session that they play with Noah. And so I'm just like on tenterhooks waiting for the next installment of the story. It is just, I love it. I'm super excited about that. You'll be able to hear it as a podcast on Trek Geeks Network. Just look for Infinite Trek in your podcatcher of choice and you'll be able to have that. So, so thank you everyone for joining us for this again tangenty goodness that we call what the future Mm -hmm. holds we hope everyone had a fabulous christmas or whatever holiday you do or don't celebrate we all hope that you're doing well 
And Happy New the Year. next time that we talk to you, it will, well, the next time you hear from us, it'll be New Year oh, yeah. after this. So, yes. All right. Yes, so, everybody live long and prosper, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. Recording. Got it. Got it. Re- recording. I thought we were supposed to record on recording, on the cord of I recording. Did. That's what you said. That's what yeah. you said, Chris. That's what I did. Hello. Okay. All right, then. But you didn't say recording. Oh. He's, you said got it. <laughs> oh. Well, I did. I hit record. I hit it on Brandy's recording. Three, two, one. Recording. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> All right. Then. I don't know. I like to have the three things because when people say that, it's easier to match things up. Do you want to do it again However, right now? Oh hell no. Okay. Nah. Uh, I did. I have noticed that sometimes we still get out of sync, I even know. if they're synced up at the beginning. It's weird. It is weird. It must be a laggy thing. Sometimes. I guess. I'll adjust it anyway. Yeah. This is your edit. This show is brought to you by Hollow Sweet Media. Computer. List other available Holosuite media programs. Loading Holosuite preview program for The Janeway, a Star Trek Voyager podcast. It's a right way, but I didn't understand why she did it because that's never stopped her before. (laughs) Just like comes in like a bull in a china shop. Hello, everyone. (laughs) Stop your war. I'm here. (laughs) I have a problem. I need help. Forget your problems. <laughs> it's all about me. Thanks. My name's Captain Catherine Jane. USS <laughs> USS Voyager. Problem solver. And problem creator. <laughs> Loading Hollow Sweet Preview Program for The Vedic Assembly, a Deep Space Nine podcast. Okay. Now I have a theory about this mm-hmm. In, just, this episode is called investigations yes yes just just bear no, with me indiscretions uh, sorry that was indiscretions a yes yeah. here's why i think he didn't kill zial it had nothing to do with him actually loving her i don't think he is capable mm. of love it has everything to do with him wanting to get in kira's pants loading hollow sweet preview program for the Expanse, a Star Trek Enterprise podcast. We've talked previously about gratuitous, yeah, you know, just showing off Jolene Bledock's bits and pieces, really, for no reason. That is one of them, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, I'm a male, so that stuff is, at least at this time, was mostly targeted at me. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to say that she has not got an incredible physique, because she, she does. Obviously, she does. But yeah. whenever I see those moments now, I just think, God, oh, so unnecessary. And I feel bad for Jolene. You know, like, did she get a choice? Did she mind? If she didn't mind, then I guess who cares? But that was really revealing, that shot through the sheet. It just seemed unnecessary. You didn't need that. Computer, deactivate Holosuite.